What is up, lounge and followers? It is us. We have an amazing show for you tonight where we're going to talk about everything. Don't lie to him. We have Cody, the absolute worst Waldron, as usual. Mm. We got Joss is just pissed at his putts winter. <laughs> and myself, as usual. But we got a special guest. You didn't even say your name. Oh, I'm Paige. Sorry. <laughs> you know your name? <laughs> this is Loki Rose, my beautiful daughter. She'll be joining in and out today. But as usual, like I said, I'm Paige. We're going to just kind of jump into kind of some of our woes and battles. I think oh. two weeks ago, we had Josh a little bit arrogant talking about how he figured out the putting system and he was never going to miss a putt again. And then he played a tournament and realized that wasn't true at all and he was a liar. He was a big old liar. Josh, tell us about that. <laughs> I mean, like, tournament putting is so much different for, I mean, I'm assuming everyone, but for me specifically, because I know my game, like, I can putt in the backyard. Like, today, I'm out here putting. I probably threw, like, 50. I've missed seven, maybe, roughly, uh, at about 20 feet. But once I get into the tournament, I can practice all before it. Um, I was hitting 25-footers just over and over again about 30 minutes before the tournament. And then once it starts, I do my drive. If it's not close enough, I got into my upshots. And when it comes to the putting, it's like I, it's like I forget. I forget what to do. And I don't even know what a putter is at that point. I, uh, you know, I got some good ones. They happen. But there's no – I lose all consistency once I hit the tournament. And I feel a, like a big part of that is I don't really have a routine. All that I do is I grab my putter and I just panic until I let it go. <laughs> I think it's – a lot of it has to do with, like, most of my card mates are always chill people. But it's, it's almost like the embarrassment feeling of, like, oh, you don't want to miss a putt. Or, hey, what if I throw it too hard and then I got to, like, four-putt it on the way back. Um, you know, it's, it's, there's a lot of nerves. It doesn't matter if I'm, if I know the people on the card or don't know them. I just, I don't like looking bad when I'm in a tournament. It's a weird thing. I know it doesn't matter. I know at the end of the day, we're all out there having fun, but I think I just need a routine. Now, is it just tournaments or is it like league or playing on your own or is it just tournaments? Just tournaments. Like, well, I like, I went and played a, like this for fun round at uh, the U of O, they did a pop-up course going through the campus. Mm. Uh, and I killed it there. Um, I played a four fun, like fundraiser tournament um, at a pop-up new location in Springfield, um, 18 holes. And I killed it for me, for my game. I did amazing. It's only when it's like a sanctioned event and there's like pressure behind it. Um, Your PDGA number will suffer. Right. Mess with my that, I mean, seven. that kind of tackles it, right? The pressure behind it. And I mean, there was like, what is that quote where it's just like, man, if people were as mean as, or if people were really as I interpret like their perceptions of me, the world would be a much cooler place. But in reality, it's just kind of our own insecurities and their perspective yeah. that really kind of weigh in how people view us. And I think like putting's that same way. Like when you're teeing off, you eventually get over that teeing off and like, you know, people give you claps and like, oh, good drive, good drive. And that kind of feels feels some of that audience like, okay, that was a bad drive, move on, throw an upshot. Like you have those routine. But for me, like the putting is always that end, right? Like Ooh. it's like, oh, I missed that putt. It's like I got another putt. Like 
there's no like, okay, let me get this up shot and save par. It's like, oh, I just missed that stroke, and now I'm I'm, I'm bogey. Yeah, as Josh what falls just over happened? He just I don't know, just impaled himself in the wrong direction, wrong yeah. hole. But, <laughs> Man, putts. Like, I mean, putting is one of those things. Like, for me, it took me a long time. I played so many tournaments because initially I was just kind of trial by fire, like casual rounds, practice rounds, whatever. I'm banging them all day. And then I realized in tournaments, so I was like, well, how do I get comfortable in tournaments? And so then I just only played tournaments on the weekends and I quit my casual rounds on the weekends and I moved those to the weekdays and try to turn that on for those and know that they're going to be different. And it took me, what, 15, 20? I did 25 tournaments last year. I'm already like double digits this year. And it's just like, okay, like there, I'm finally getting calm in there. (laughs) And my best putting is actually in tournaments rather than um casual rounds my casual rounds are terrible putting but i turn it on in tournaments and i finally flipped that switch to it but i think for me it just took about that trial by fire and learning and i know i know that doesn't work for everybody but figuring that out like when yeah i mean (laughs) that's kind of you're in double digits for tournaments so far this year i think so let me see let me pull myself up that's a that's a, a lot of tournaments that's pretty impressive all I know is that putting, I feel like that's one of the biggest obstacles for many people in their game. Like to me, when I first started playing and I would watch like the different levels at tournaments, that was the biggest jump because you could still have some like wreck and intermediate guys that could smash a disc like close to 400 feet or above. But the guys that were, in the top tiers were the guys that could consistently make putts all the time. Like you would see them even just like, it was just down to a rhythm. They knew what they were doing and they would go in where a rec guy, intermediate guy, even, you know, myself, I have, I'm like, Josh, if, if I'm practicing or I'm at school playing with the kids, I can make 80, 90, whatever percent. If I go out, even and mine's not even just tournaments, like league, I'm playing by myself. When I get out on that course, I feel like I don't know what I'm holding in my hand anymore. And I'll miss right, I'll miss, you know, and most of them, if they only made the baskets like an extra foot wider, I'd be solid. But I'll miss right, I'll hit. the foot, right? Like I feel like even if they made it wider and the target was bigger, you step up with all that pressure in those nerves, and I feel like you're going to fall apart the same way because you're, you're not addressing, I think, some of the, the issues behind it, which is that, that mentality, that psychology that goes into like hitting putts. Cause it's like, it's not that you can't hit the putt. It's like, how do you flip that switch? Maybe. Cause I do better. Yeah. I do better on the putts where I, I don't think I'm going to make it. I'm 25, 30 feet out. I'm like, I have no chance to make it. Go Give it for a it. Chance. Yeah. It's going to go in or second chance. They, if they instituted a rule where you get a second putt out, I, I would have knocked six strokes off my game tonight. Easy. Yeah. But so yeah, I'm mental, you're right. In, guys. I just looked it up. I have eight PDGA sanctioned and I have two unsanctioned. No, three unsanctioned. So I am 11. Unsanctioned don't count. Oh, they count. Nope. When you got top level pro showing up, they count. <laughs> Listen <laughs> to him name dropping. When you got top level pro. I didn't pro. name drop shit. <laughs> I heard eh. no name. <laughs> but, it was, you know, so I feel like that's like the big thing that people don't like address. Like when I, I think I posted a video of my routine and in their chat, in our chat, our group chat, I kind of broke it down because I've spent all of this time breaking down why 
and where I fall short on putting. Oh, the grip. The grip with my putter. One sec. Didn't you say oh. you started adding your pinky to it? I remember you're yeah, like the only person I know that like has their pinky on Yeah. But even like when I'm moving this, because I forget how a putter feels, right? Like you said. So I'm like, I move it. I'm turning it. I'm getting comfortable as I'm walking up with my disc. And so that feeling's comfortable. I'm breathing because I always forget to breathe when I'm putting. I'm taking a step back. I'm stepping into it. So that step into it, when I step away, it's collecting myself. When I step into it, I'm ready. I'm centering myself. I'm, you know, I'm breathing. I'm lining my shot up. What's my angle? Here's my ante angle. Here's my flat angle. Here's my hyzer angle. How am I putting this? You know, I'll point it. This is the release I want. I'll breathe and then start with my back leg. I always start with my back leg. That's my, that's my like visual image of like left leg, push, push and go to the basket, push and go to the basket. And that's how that follow through is. And it's all like, it's all queued up for my, my routine and it all helps center me. And it's, I mean, those are the things, but I've had to figure out like, oh, how many tournaments did I not putt until I realized I needed to putt? How many tournaments did I realize like when I set my mini down, I'm just sitting it and then I'm rushing through it. So I set my mini down. I take the second, put my disc over my mini, take a step back. Now I'm stepping into it. And it's still about that 30 seconds. I mean, I think the video was like 36 seconds and that's me hitting record, walking to it, setting it down and then putting. So I still have that, you know, two to three extra seconds of, you know, breathing room. And so it's like, oh, all of these things, you know, are addressing some of these psychologies of like, okay, you know, how many tournaments did I not comfortable with my putter? So I'm like, I told you guys before, I drive around with my putters. I'm always handling my putters because I don't want to forget that feeling. And I want to be like that doubt, any type of doubt that creeps in, I feel like that's when putts kind of just start to miss. Yeah. I mean, I, I started thinking about it, like to start a, a routine, you have 30 seconds, you know, before you have to let go of that disc. So I was thinking, what if I like shadow box for like 20? Yeah, just sit there and just shadow box something. And I then actually just really box something. Just fight a card mate. Card mate. I used to spin putt. So I realized like, because I have a little bit of Muay Thai background, it was like, okay, it's that jab, right? Boom, boom. I'm coming to my chest, boom. And so that would really be what it was. That's that trigger. And so I would shadow box once upon a time. Not shadow box, just kind of throw a jab out there, grab my disc, jab it to the basket, and then I was banging chains. Like, And I think that's where you begin. You just figure out what's going to work. Do something silly. Like, sit there and freaking meditate. I mean, right? Like, crisscross applesauce, 20 seconds, pop up, putt. <laughs> like, crisscross applesauce. Like, what? <laughs> What's what, whatever works for you, but it's like it has to be for you. The, the thing is, like, it has to be natural. It can't be forced. It can't be like, this is what I'm going to try. Because if you're embarrassed when like four people are looking at you and you're like, I might miss this, everyone's going to laugh at me. I'll be the laughing stock. What happens when you're shadow boxing before you putt and all <laughs> eyes are centered around you, right? Like, but, but I mean, like, but doing something like that, like, I don't, I don't embarrass easily, but in a tournament, it's more of like, I don't know. It's like a weird feeling when I miss right. And now I'm like, we're like, I'm the only person who parked the, parked the hole. And then I get a bogey. Like that just like, ugh. So let me ask you, what's your miss for putts? Uh, um, usually it's going to, it's either too soft and it just like hits the left of the chain and just, bleh. or I try to overcorrect 
and miss right and it goes and so the reason i ask like if those are your two misses it's like we forgive ourselves in our drives right we play to our misses the whole nate safeton mentality oh yeah let me help you that nate safeton mentality of like okay like if i mess up this shot it's going to bail out left and i'm still going to save par and so we have those built in and so when you're missing right like when I miss right or when I miss left or miss low, okay, my normal miss is now I'm pulling it. I'm pulling it. Okay, that's I'm missing right. So that's my miss. And so I'm okay and I kind of forgive myself for that. But when I miss left, it's like, okay, that's not that's not my miss. So what happens? And I can address that. When I miss low, I can address it. When I miss high, I can start to address it because that's not my miss. And I know it becomes putter mechanics. And I have those conversations within myself and my internal dialogue because you have so much putting behind you already. You know your misses. You know when you miss low. Oh, I didn't run it. I didn't lack confidence. I had a buddy uh, two weekends ago, or no, last weekend in the tournament. He was like, oh, that basket spit you out. Boo, that's terrible. And I'm like, no. Like, I missed low, and it slid off the basket on top of it. Like, yes, I hit chains, but I didn't have confidence. So why am I going to be upset when I didn't put with that's confidence? I just missed. Confidence. You know, and I moved on because I knew exactly why I missed. I can blame the baskets, and I had some spit outs. But besides those spit outs, like, I'm like, okay, like, that was my miss because I wasn't confident. Oh, I missed left because it was an early release. And usually that's confidence because I'm like, oh, I don't want to fully run it. It's like, oh, I missed left. You know, top band usually feels amazing at a hand. And it's like, oh, that felt really good. I'm just a little high. Like, you know, and starting to have those conversations, I think, has really helped, like, me when I step up and I miss because, oh, I missed right that's a normal miss that's a little bit too much excitement that's a little bit too pulled that's a little bit too like overthinking it and i pull it just a little bit like and so i have those like breakdown like broken down for me and i'm having those conversations while i'm playing yeah keep digging yeah i mean I, I'm, I'm trying different things one thing i found myself doing like, when i keep on missing because i usually uh like uh, what's it called the the track stance um, when I'm putting and when I find myself missing a lot, I'll like switch to straddle because I feel like it's safer for me. And I usually make more on straddle, but the reason I don't do it all the time, um, it just feels awkward. Even though I can like safely get a putt in, it just feels weird. Um, I think, I mean, those are those little tr triggers, right? Like I had six putters or three sets of putters, six putters in my thing. Oh, these aren't working. I'm not landing them. Boom. I have just as many putts on these ones. Glow P line. P line and D line are enough to switch up my mentality and I'm banging them again. You know, if it's switching to straddle, like switch to straddle and do it confidently. I think those are the things that you identify for yourself and can really start to jam on because I, I'm the opposite. Like I have that doubt of like, Oh man, I haven't missed a straddle putt yet. I should switch. I'm like, no, no, no. Keep keep jamming to what you know. Like, don't switch to straddle, even though it's feeling good. <laughs> like, I'm all like, stick to stick to what I know until it's time to switch. <laughs> so, what do you guys do to like when you are in a tournament and you're having your like a putting slump? Like, what do you guys do to get out of it? Like, because you know it's all mental. Most, I mean, most of the game is mental. It's easy to get down on yourself and like overcorrect or undercorrect. Um, do you guys have things you do to get yourself out? Mine's part routine and also easy 
to forget. I try to forget the last hole because if I get down on myself and think like I've missed four putts already, I'm going to lack that confidence and I'm going to miss the fifth. Um, and when I think of routines, think of like most things you do or most sports, look at the NBA. You have guys when they do a foul shot, they have the exact same routine every time they get in that mental state and you do it. So I've been trying to work on my routine and trying to be consistent with every time, you know, how I hold the disc, I usually spin it in the middle. And then I try and be the same every single time, whether I'm putting in my backyard, putting at school, putting in leagues or putting in a tournament. If I am consistent in what I do every time, I'm hoping for consistent results. And then also, you know, Paige talk about confidence. I feel like that is one of the biggest things. If I think I'm going to make it, most of the time I will make it or, but if I have that doubt in my head where it's like, uh, I'm going to miss this. I'm going to miss this. Then I get nervous. I start to rush something. I think of something different. I try and overcorrect when muscle memory, we're athletes. Think about all the other stuff you do. When I play volleyball, I don't have to think about most of the stuff because my body just does it. Um, you know, I've been trying to work on my release every time my hand is pointing the same spot. I want muscle memory to take over. Some of my best drives and throws are when I just step up and rip it because that is what my body knows how to do. If I try and overthink something, I'm going to mess up, get my brain out of the way, and I do better. So I think routine's a big thing, confidence, and just practice makes muscle memory. For me, I'm actually, I mean, a little bit different. When I get into a putting slump and I can't hit it, I laugh and I say, well, I got to put it closer because usually my, my goal is 30 feet in the basket, like you know, circle one. That's all I'm trying to land off my drives and my up shots. But I lean on to the pressure of like, okay, well, my tee shots need to be better. My up shots need to be better and balance out for my lack of putting because I don't want to putt right now until like four or five holes. And you're just kind of getting the tap-ins down. I'll slow down my tap-ins. Um, there's like one, I was like, <laughs> what was it? Milo, Milo doubles. Um, there's a tournament out there and I'm just like, I'm slowing down my 10 footers because I'm missing. And I'm just like, Hey, like I know normally these like should be tablets where I'm slow them down, use my full 30 seconds, make sure that I'm getting that angle back because when it's time to hit, you know, a 25 footer to 35 footer, I'm back to building that confidence again because I'm getting familiar with that releases. So I put the pressure on my upshots to get closer on that basket. And usually when my, like it's one of those things like usually when my putting's off, my drives and tee shots are good. My up shots are good, or if my my tee shots and my putting are both off, usually my you know approaches are nice. Like very rarely are all three off at the same time, um, and it's amazing when all three are on at the same time. That's when I have my best rounds. But it's like it's like okay, if one's off, how do I lean on the other two to help balance that one out so I don't have to think about it as much? Because the more I think about it, like Cody's saying, the more it's going to kind of give me the yips, and then with the putting yips being a very real thing, like. How do I turn that brain off and just get into make okay five foot five foot five foot those are three good putts now I have a twenty five or twenty footer breathe settle myself get my shoulders relaxed and boom like and if I miss and it's like okay I'm missing those so that's fine because I know I am but I gave it a run hit hit metal like hitting metal I think Mike Kemp just put that in the chat like hitting metal is a win usually it means it's a tap in not a comeback and unless you're on a very hilly course, those aren't rollaways. Um, and so then you don't have to worry about it. Nothing worse than being like, Oh, I have the yips. Like what was it last, last week? And I couldn't like my round two when I was the lead card, I couldn't hit a birdie putt and all of my par putts, which were longer, I was banging. 
And so it's like, what are those yips where you're stepping up and it's time to birdie and you miss a 15 to 30 footer and then you have a 15 to 30 footer comebacker and you're banging them like all home. Like it's not that my putting's off. It's literally now this mental block that I need to figure out how to work through. The yips. The yips are real, man. I'm telling you. Look in any sport. Like I was reading the psychology. There was a um, there was a baseball player, outfielder, Chris Davis on the Oakland Athletics, could not throw in into the infield anymore. He had been an outfielder all his life. Mentally, he stopped thinking he could throw a ball to the infield and couldn't do it anymore. He became a DH. There was like a whole thing in Sports Illustrated about called the yips. So I, I have had those before. I'm sure other people have had them where it's just like you you overthink it so much. It's just like, I'm going to miss, I'm going to miss, I'm going to miss, and you miss. Yeah, I, gotta, uh, I just learned what the yips were uh, when I was playing with my buddy John, and he is just watching me putt. And it was bad for a while. It was real bad. And he was telling me I got a case of the yips. I'm like, what the hell is the yips? Mm. Uh, but yeah, it makes sense. You know, it defines what's happening. Um, I'm hoping it, you know, bounce out of it um, sooner and later, trying to put in, you know, the, uh, the routine every day of throwing a minimum of 100 putts in the backyard, trying to get that rhythm. I think that one of those things that's helped me, it's like, I'm a grinder. I'm head down kind of rhino, like rhino mentality of like, just keep chugging along forward. Um, in my worst like practice rounds when I'm missing everything, I'm just like, well, I got to turn it on for the tournament. And that's kind of been my mantra of like, you know, in tournaments, that's when everything's like being to, like needing to click and everything else is practice. And I think some of my friends are annoyed with me at how much I like to talk about it. Cause it's like, Oh, like, I know you want to do bag tag round, but this is practice for me. I'm not trying to like, add extra pressure and these things because I mean I have a tournament almost every weekend at this point so it's like I know when I need to turn it on and I treat it so like when I'm missing putts and it's just like okay I need those repetitions I need those misses because I know come Saturday I'm going to slow things down I'm going to put them in and you know doing it and for me like that level of focus like tournament I can't carry Monday through Friday for my practice rounds I just can't like that level of focus is you know just laser it's on and so figuring out like how do you have your conversations with yourself of when do you need to hit those putts because knowing like you don't need to hit every single putt i'm pretty sure paul mcbeth yes he shot set what 17 down at memorial i doubt his, his practice rounds were going to be that good right like there was that little extra push that little extra oomph of when he needs to turn it on this like mm. when you have people in the chase cards versus lead cards what happens to the lead card there's that mentality that breakdown that Oh, how am I going to win this? Oh, how am I going to – don't lose this. Don't lose this. I just missed this putt. I just lost. Like, you know, those, like, very, like, real mentality. But Chase card is like, oh, I'm three strokes back, and I got nothing to lose. And then next thing you know, Chase card's having the hot round because they're pushing. Um, thank you. Like you said, nothing to lose. I think that's when you play your best. Like, yeah. like, it's always the guys that catch up because if you have – the toughest spot to be in is first place when it's not the end. Because you have to fight off everyone else. And what do they have to lose? They can, they're trying to take strokes from you, and you're trying to keep those strokes. Unless you're just feeling hot the whole time, man. That's tough. No, it, well, it's tough, but it's like – but even that mentality of, like, how do you break from that and being like, oh, I don't want to give anything back versus how do you keep pace? You know the birdies that you need to do. You know how to, like, keep pace. Usually if you're first, you have a lead of 
one stroke minimum, right? If you're in, like flat out first, otherwise you're tied and you're like, how do you just keep pace with the course and let, you know, the rest kind of fall into place? Because that's kind of been my mentality on lead card. It's just like, well, I'm not going to be the first one to fall off. Let them fall off, mm. you know, and just yeah. kind of keep doing that. But yeah, that, that I don't care. I don't like, or no, I don't care. I have nothing left to lose is a very real thing, but it's like, Oh man, what, what happens when you have everything to win? <laughs> you know, and that's, that definitely is a breeding ground for yips. That's breeding ground for shank drives. It's like, you're staring at the tree. Don't hit the tree. Don't hit the tree. Boom. Hit the tree. It's like, well, how do you act like that tree doesn't exist? That the gap is just there and you're just trying to hit your line. And then all of a sudden you're a gap hitter. I mean, don't hit the tree. Yeah, Just man. mentally rewire yourself. Don't hit the pin. <laughs> Don't hit the pin. Don't hit the pin. I've uh, I've kind of like fixed my not hitting gaps. Because um, if it's like a super small gap now, instead of doing my like five step that I do, four or five step drive, I will like angle myself towards the gap and turn it down to a three step. Um, and I feel like I can just release a lot. Uh, straighter and more accurate doing a three-step versus like a four or five i think there's a what is that whole 16 at dexter um the kind of like yeah big gaps and then i realized because it's i mean when i started to think about how to hit gaps it's that kind of same breakdown how do i like to hit gaps what angle and then i lean towards that so last year i was hitting gaps on hyzer so I remember playing that course last year and I was hyzer flipping like my mid ranges and letting them go straight. And so I tried to do that, but right now I'm not hitting gaps on hyzer. I'm hitting gaps on Anheuser. And it took me that after the first round of missing it, I mean, I hit the gap, but I, I missed the landing zone and I had to just scramble for par. Mm-hmm. But I was like, I'm hitting gaps on Anheuser. What am I doing? Hit a gap on an Anheuser. So I stepped up through a FD three on Anheuser and watched it perfectly flex straight to the basket. And it's like, Oh, like those are conversations that I've like legitimately had. And now like, I know how I hit gaps and that's on this Annie. So I need to make that shift. So now that when I'm stepping up, I'm hitting gaps on Annie's because that's where my game's at right now. Um, and figuring out what's comfortable. But for me, it's just like, okay, if I know where I'm comfortable at, all I got to do is hit my angle, you know, hit my angle, hit my release. Now here's, I got a question for you. Um, tonight on league we played, it was super windy and I felt like, I could I put with judges and I felt like I, I didn't feel comfortable with them. How I wish they made like an overstable version of disc and why don't they make them? Like you have the buzz, the buzz OS, you have the nuke, nuke OS. Why don't they make a judge OS? Why don't they make like the the P2 OS? They have you know? a, they have a what is it, Challenger OS? That's what Dickerson's putting with. They make OS versions of molds, and I think that's like a fix for a wind, but I think that's kind of like a lazy fix so then what do you do in the wind maybe that's maybe that's a better question because i I felt like nose angle i kind of learned what the wind does to my putters and i kind of work with it and i came home i remember three weeks ago i did a tournament and the wind beat me down and i came home and i just practiced nose putt. it was like normal putt nose down putt normal putt nose down putt normal putt nose down putt do you release at a higher angle if you do nose down because like ricky wysaki is a nose down putter like his like angle down and it's like, how does he get in? But he, I think he was one of the people that taught himself, like he built this contraption and he like would like put over a piece of wood, like through an opening. 
So mm-hmm. I, I just can't wrap my head at like wind. Yeah, I just off my stairs and I'm putting my nose down. I mean, headwind tends to lift, tailwind tends to drop. That's usually like a very like basic understanding of what's going to happen. Yeah. And then your nose angle is going to adjust that. So nose down into a headwind is going to kind of counteract that drop. So I'm trying to kind of still line up my putt, knowing that it's going to like kind of drop down. And then nose up or nose down and tailwind is going to kind of push it forward and it's going to kind of negate some of that as well. And so it's like, well, how are you going to start to adjust that? And I mean, I haven't figured out wind putting at like at all. And it's still one of my, th- my, my worst things, but it's like I'm getting better at it, learning when to put spin on it. Cause you also see like pros from like 10 feet, there's blast in the basket and they're like, Oh, the faster I put the less like drag the wind is. And they're still putting with like their normal putters. And so it's yeah. like, well, there has to be a way to do it. Just like, I know you're supposed to throw understable discs into headwind, but you can also throw understable discs. Did I say understable or overstable? You said understable. I mean overstable oh, in the wind. Sorry, overstable right? in the headwind, but there's also like the varying levels of stability where you can start to get by with it and you know up until like 50 mile per hour headwinds where you're just like i hate wind but like 15 you can still manage a flippy disc into headwind it's just that hyzer control the angle knowing that it's going to pull it and how do you start to work that now if it's super windy will you will you up like will you play it safe and keep it lower because like a couple guys on my card tonight i was lucky and i think i used a berg or my zone if it got too windy but some of the other guys would go to throw and normal putt and the it would kick their disc like 15 feet to the left or right air gets under it and just pushes it one way or the other and i was like i don't want that to happen to me yeah i mean if i'm driving i'll definitely just pull out an overstable disc and just i don't know if i keep it lower than i usually keep my disc pretty low when i'm throwing anyways but i just grab it my most overstable and just like lean on that for the round driving or putting for driving, for putting, oh. if it's like a headwind, I usually grab my uh, like my hard tactic and release it at an ante so it can like air bounce up. Okay. Uh, those oh, are really- oh man, I lived with my felon tonight. I, I think like every almost every hole I was pulling out a felon, my Ursus or zone because it was like everything was getting affected by the wind, and I had pretty good pretty good success by keeping it low. But still, even then, just putting was the one thing. I was just like, what in the world do I do? Uh, these, these ones were a little overstable for me. Um, when, I first, when I first throw. That's what I was trying to I, I usually use a soft blend. So the first run, I need to find some more. I only have one first run. Oh, I well, think the- it's just a blend, right? Isn't it just a blend? Just a regular blend? Um, I think it is. It feels, man, it should feel soft. It's yeah. Well, first run, Emac. I mean, I, I got- say too, like the problem that people make, I think, with wind is trying to recreate the flights that they're used to in their mind, versus like yeah. making the adjustment to what they're not used to, right? Like, yeah. Like, because when I see it's a lot of times, it's like, oh yeah, people move up an overstability into a disc off the tee pad, and they're still expecting the flight to be like as they imagine the hole needs to take place, versus like. How do you simplify the hole with this disc? And yes, keep it low. Keeping it low is going to minimize like the wind hitting it. Um, but then also you're throwing overstable with minimizing wind drag. So then you get an overstable finish. Like, why did that do that? That's what's supposed to flip. Why didn't that flip? Like, you know, being able to like, okay, like how am I going to recreate this? And how lean or what's that like optimal line? And I think a lot of people like 
I mean, this year is the first year I started backhanding FD3s. And I mean, how many years did I play without doing that? Because I'm like, oh, flippy, hyzer flip, hyzer flip, hyzer flip. But now I'm starting to see calm wind, overstable disc. What does it do? So then I can start to make those adjustments too within wind, knowing like, okay, if I'm going to throw my FD3, this is optimal. So let me go from optimal to less optimal and minimize like what's going to happen in that play and start to kind of play for it. Because I mean, when you have like 20 and 30 miles per hour headwind, your disc is just not going to go anywhere. It's going to go slow and 300 foot is a success, right? 350 yeah. is a success. I, we're not, I don't think we're going to be at that point to where we're 450, 500 feet into headwind and somehow managing that. I haven't figured it out yet. Um, and I know there's people that have because clearly MPO are beasts, but they know, know what to do. Yeah. Well, even then, like, I was so happy. Like, I'm tired of being like, oh, the pros are playing wind because you're watching them do it. But with Belton, with Waco, and you see the pros falling apart, I'm just like, finally, like, a real side of the pros that are showing you, like, they still don't necessarily have it figured out. They're just doing their best in this win because, you know, at the end of the day, it's going to do what's going to do. <laughs> They're <laughs> human, kinda... too. What was that? They're human, too. They're human, too. Hmm. yeah that's that was just a struggle we were talking about putting so i was like man that was just my thing today like oh putts i feel like kona paris out there panis kona panis yeah i said paris kona paris (laughs) i guarantee there's a human out there named kona i I guarantee it but the chances of them being a disc golfer uh disc golf is for everyone you can't even even spend the time to actually get a name right I mean, I can't even like, do. I can't even do a sick burn. I'm just sitting over here burning myself. My yeah. lack of the English language. Teachers, I tell you. <laughs> Teachers, I tell you. You guys have a. You guys have a story of your worst putting experience on a hole that you've experienced. Do we want to share this? Because I feel just embarrassed. Yeah, I got a good one. I'll um, let you go first. Cause I got to think. I got so many bad ones. Okay, I got. I kind of got two. But one was a rookie mistake in a tournament. I, when I played uh, Ledgestone last year, I, my drive was phenomenal. It was a par four. And where I landed, it was a – I did an upshot, so I'm, like, putting for birdie. Um, and I'm inside the circle. And – where the basket location is, it's like you start way down low and it's like you go out to the field and it's up a giant hill. It's like on a, a big mound. Um, I go to putt, it hits cage, rolls all the way down the hill underneath the tree line and into Ooh. the road behind the tree line for out of bounds. And I pick up my mini <laughs> instead of rethrowing. So I had to go behind those trees and it so many shots to get back there. The other one, uh, I parked a basket on a par three. I'm within 20. Um, I took an eight. It took an eight. Send your count on my fingers. How'd you do that? Um, uh, Releasing late, overshooting, get losing to the mental game. I'll say it's got to be mental at that point. Yeah, it took me eight. After parking a par three, I took an eight on the hole because the putting was so bad. See, this is where, like, I have a short-term memory for my bad putts and try not to focus on I have, like, this amazing memory for everyone's 
random shots that I've enjoyed. I can be like, hey, I haven't played with you in a year, but you remember that time you hit this line? And but when it comes to bad, bad putting green, bad throws, I tend to forget. But the story is always the same, right? Oh, I have a birdie look. Let me let me throw this birdie. Let me let me get this putt. You you airball it, you hit chain, spit out, whatever, but the birdies to bogeys, the birdies to double bogeys, like those ones always sting. I always just like I used to get so mad at them. I used to get mad at myself, like, how do you go from birdie to bogey? Like worst <laughs> feeling in the world. But I mean for me, I remember the wind was crazy in Texas and it's the scenic hole at Roy G. Guerrero. And I was like 35 feet from it, staring at the skyline, looking at the basket and into a wicked like 20 mile per hour headwind and so i give it this soft little float it just kind of like barely spinning hits chains dead center wind pushed it out rolled away about 25 30 feet so i'm like okay i still have this putt i'm feeling good run it miss it (laughs) and then that's where like i took like the oh how do i have this like wind spit out to bogey that's one of those like kind of just stung because it was like burning that hole on the scenic one was so exciting. Watching it go in is like I couldn't put any better than that. It just the wind was stronger than my putt and I had to take a bogey and that hurt. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, but yeah, I tend to forget these things pretty quickly because I mean, even today I had a bad putting experience at Buck or at Blue Lake, and it's like that's fine. Like I don't mind missing some of those putts because I'm gonna make them back tomorrow. <laughs> See, mine would just be a, just a plethora of just probably like inside 15 footers that I just missed completely. One that really sticks out in my head was did this spike hyzer pretty much parked a basket over a lot of OB and like thorns and thick and stuff. And then just, I, I guess my brain just turned off. I didn't even think about it. Didn't even pay attention. Just reached down, picked up my putter and like nonchalantly threw it. And it just like, hits chains and like dribbles out and i'm just like looking i'm i had to be like six feet away like i'm pretty sure i could have reached out and touched the basket and it it was during league and i was just like what just happened like i'm i'm pretty sure i like joked with my card is like i I think i'm just gonna be done for the day guys like i'm giving up the sport who wants my bag but it was just like how ridiculous and dumb can you be i mean again it's not like i didn't beat myself up over it's just like you just wanted to pick this and give up your bag. But yeah, yeah why beat yourself up? I just burned all my disc and like I that's like me. I feel like that back to that mindset of like I mean, I've been on this like big push of like accepting the good with the bad. Cause like, you know, we talked about last weekend where I had spit outs and I acknowledged that, but there's like this gap like this big that's just the size of a disc on hole one, two, three, four. You just and named a lot of holes. Like so Hole three, I get a spit out from like 30 feet and I'm like, okay, like that happens. Let me tap in, take my par and move on. And then the next one, I literally pure the gap like this with my putter. And this is like, okay, cool. Like that's extremely lucky. Like, why can I be mad at accepting, you know, like why would I be mad at a spit out when that's unlucky, but be so happy I got lucky and made it through that tree. And for me, I've been kind of really looking at those kind of like benefits with everything and that's really helped my mental game out a lot because it's like, well, how many lucky putts have you made, you know, versus like, okay, I'm going to have some unlucky ones and I've got to accept that because if I'm willing to step up here and accept those good and lucky putts, then I need to be able to accept the unlucky because then you have a lot of averages that are kicking in. Then you have all of these things. And 
you know, those putts he stepped up and like, I'm for sure going to hit this and boom, miss. And you're like, I was so confident in that putt. What happened? Well, how many times have you stepped up to the basket and was like, I'm just going to give this a chance. I have no way of hitting this. And then boom, bang, dead center. You're like, I'm amazing. I'm going to, you know, so it's like, for me, like, that's really helped like my mentality, especially in tournament play of being able to kind of accept that good and the bad and realizing like, how do the practice rounds start to kind of balance that in? And I almost kind of enjoy like missing all of my putts and missing some tee shots because I know law of average is going to say, I'm going to have some good ones coming and it better be on this tournament weekend. <laughs> like I try to game the law of averages, even though it's not, you know, the case because it's just that kind of placebo of like, well, I believe in myself more. I know it's going to balance out and because I know it's going to balance out subconsciously. I'm making it balance out. Like all of those start to start to like kind of add on and that confidence really starts to build. Um, but for me, that kind of like give and take with it all has been, you know, a godsend for me anyways. That's just science, man. <laughs> it's right? science. Thanks, Ron Burgundy. Science, bitches. Whoa. So wait, what, what are you guys putting with right now? And do you use different putters for different circumstances or no? No, I use the same putter from circle one to circle two with wind and no wind. Because first and foremost, for me, it's that confidence. And so I switched last weekend to the marvels from the p2s p2s are still i feel like the best putter ever made and i'm all in on the old school p2s but ever since i did my review video for jammers in the rough there's been this lingering doubt of marvels like i was hitting from circle one like crazy my circle twos were crazy these were easy effortless point and shoot so every time like for this last like two months the marvels have been sitting in the back of my head and so finally i'm just like you know what I need to give the Marvels a chance. And just to see if I like them or not, I just need to give them a chance because it's always going to be like a little bit of lingering and that's going to like breathe into my P2s. Um, shout out so, to Birdie Disc Golf. Sponsor, hey yeah. <laughs> Birdie Disc Golf, shout out. Kevin Avinga, Derek Fell, you guys are amazing and created an amazing putter because these things are absolute lasers. I mean, I can be 40 feet, put it normal, and it's just tracking towards the basket um they're what kind of depth are like are they like what would you compare mold wise like are they deep shallow medium what are they they're shallow or like when when people complain about p2s being deep these are shallowers without being the rainmakers they're shallower than the rainmaker i think um, shallower little, than the rainmaker yeah this is a little bit shallower they feel really good in hand they have a little bit more aggressive of wing so it's kind of the opposite of a bead right like the beads kind of catching your finger but mm -hmm. there's aggressive wings kind of catching your finger yeah. It takes a little while to get used to it, but I like it because the beads, my finger has a place to put, and that kind of makes my finger active, right? When you're stepping up there, you're like, okay, here's this, here's my finger. What I noticed with P2 is my finger was getting lazy and it's kind of just slapping there. And now with the Marvel, with the aggressive wing, my finger's back to being active. And it's kind of like that Paul Macbeth where he has his finger kind of like, you know, just, just a very active pointer finger. And I've really enjoyed that with the Marvels. And so I'm kind of grinding with them. I have a tournament tomorrow. I did my first tournament. Like, literally, I was like, I just need to try them. So I jumped in Sunday and had a good uh, first tournament experience with them. And this is going to be my first, like, kind of building on tournament exposure with them. So we'll see how they do. What's the pla What plastic are they? They're putter. They're, they signed an NDA, so non-disclosure agreement with their manufacturers. So I have no idea. Baseline plastic. It's so based on okay, so yeah. it's like base putter plastic, yep. mm -hmm. flexible, stiff. Oh, uh, a little bit towards the stiffer side, but not so stiff. 
um kind of like their black ones are kind of like rubberish blend kind of feeling which is kind of nice um their whites yeah just my normal white baseline a little bit grippier so i'm kind of having a hard time because i like my slick putters so that's right now my big because i'm starting to pull right again because of that extra grip so i need to start to you know spray it towards the basket start oiling down your putters exactly josh what do you use i've been throwing p2s for so long um i probably own I think I'm I'm probably down to between 100 and 200 of them. Uh, Excuse me, what? Of the P2s, like the end of a molded P2s. 100 to 200 of the same mold. I have a lot of them. I'm just, you know, different stamps, different runs, you know, pen, T-ring, blah, blah, blah. Um, But this season, I told myself I was going to try something new. I've been putting with the P2s for so long. Uh, So I'm putting with with the Thought Space Muse right now. It's a I little. Didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah, it's a it's a real thing. The muse. They're like Luna's. Like they feel like a little bit Luna. So they're shallow. See, I like a shallow putter. So shallow. Less glide. It's pretty shallow, um, but less glide than a little. Oh my gosh! <laughs> but the P2s. That's like, Lady Gaga. <laughs> sponsor our show. Lady, <laughs> Lady Gaga sponsor our disc golf show. I'm down for that. As we get sued for singing. Uh, but the P2s are like that slicker feeling to them. Um, the Muse is a little bit tackier. So I just want to try something different. So I'm giving those a, a good college try. I've probably been putting with them for a couple months now. I think that's important. I think, I think not enough people switch their putters up. Like being able to try some new things and see different flights and yeah. get those kind of feelings. And if you go back to what you're doing, then cool like now you're more confident in that because you wanted to choose those and if you find a new putter awesome because you're going to be grinding that like it's kind of a win-win right um i had a buddy who's like only ever put in envies and he shows up with proxies because they feel the same and a little bit more unstable he had the worst putting experience of his life in a tournament but it's like that's an experience that you can't you know fake and now you know when you're putting with your envies that these are just your putters and that little bit of confidence now kind of corrects everything. And he's back to hitting circle twos. He's back to like jamming circle ones. And it's like, man, I wish more people would try just new putters because there's some amazing out there. Finding the plastic, there's so much plastic out there. Finding what works for you, like, there's such a like battle. Like, if you only ever threw like, you know, one style of putter, like, how do you know? Like, like for me, when I like I do my glow P line, I've thrown Nexus like. Uh, fireflies and i know i don't like the tack on them i've thrown d lines i've thrown the new p you know like so i know when i want this glow p line to be smooth that's that's the very like informed decision for myself yeah Yeah, i I started out with judges um judging judges for the longest time your putter huh you started out judging like judging everybody no not just dynamic disc judges For, don't be saucy tonight and so started out with judges putted them for a long time i always like a softer putter so i use their soft blend um i went to p2s for a little bit a uh, soft p p2 and then the emac judges came out and i've been trying them and you're right actually just this week i've started trying different plastic blends because i felt like i was I like the grip and how the soft blend would grab chains, but then sometimes I felt like it would be so soft it would hit the chains and bounce out. So then I'm trying, like Josh was talking about this first run, 
and it's a little bit stiffer, but still kind of tacky and grippy. Um, I try to a uh, prime. I go flex. Yeah, like I kind of yeah. That's that's what I'm sitting here. If you could see on the screen, like I'm sitting here like flexing them. They even have a super soft one. I called the taco, which you can just like bend in half and look like a blowfly. But I feel like uh, anytime I switch, like when I switch to P2s, it's because I was goofing off and made a putt from like 50 feet away, and I was like, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll throw P2s now, and then I'll like skirt around and suck with them and then go back to judges and i'm just so fickle like i i i know it's not the bow it's the archer and i just need to fix the archer i.e like where do you trick your 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 archer right where do you trick that mindset and being like well if you hit a a 50 footer with a p2 how long until that broke right how much of that confidence carry you over and do like okay i'm gonna start to put with p2s now and then it broke and then you went back to what was comfortable until you hit that another 50 footers like man we got to trick our brains somehow because if we don't trick our brains they're just going to defeat us like 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 josh was saying earlier like oh the pressure of like playing with people around me like how do you break that because mm-hmm. you're gonna have a card of strangers you can't always have a card that you want like you got to learn how to play with strangers and it's hard for me it's hard for everybody but it's like okay like why is it so hard to play with strangers when you randomly will find somebody on a casual course and be like hey can we play around have an amazing time with them and then boom why does competition switch that, right? When does that mindset start to like alter? Um, which could be a conversation for another time because we're pulling into our closing thoughts. So we'll start with Cody because he's looking down. Let's, let's go. Well, no, I was using my niche no, no, bag. Closing, closing thoughts, closing thoughts. I'm No, no, no. Just, no, I'm kidding. Go. Calm <laughs> down. I was using my niche bag, so I was sitting there playing with it. If you don't know what a niche bag is, it's like a grip-enhancing bag. So I was sitting here, like, patting, and I was, like, starting to sneeze, and I was, like, checking out the grip on my disc. So I wasn't looking down, not paying attention. I was looking. See, that's kind of like the mindset of the guilty, right? I never accused you of not paying attention. I just said you were looking down. For those who don't (laughs) know, what Paige, what is your profession so that you can shed some light on the mind tricks you're playing on me. <laughs> mind tricks that I'm playing. I'm a gaslighter. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like I'm being gaslit. Gaslit, gaslighted, gaslitted, gaslitted. Okay, so obviously, English is not the first language of this podcast. Uh, closing thoughts. I would say, I mean, it's easy to say practice, practice, practice. Um, I'm working on a routine, something that is making me comfortable and confident uh i I feel like putting can be broken down to the c's confidence um it would also be you know comfort and i i am just trying to really that's like the biggest struggle in my game right now is putting so i'm trying everything i can do to fix that but yeah be confident in your putt be comfortable with your putt and be okay to miss Paige was talking earlier about having a short-term memory which i think is important so but make some time to practice make some time to uh go to a course sometimes like because if you keep practicing at your house or where you're comfortable i don't think you're going to improve that much you might work on your mechanics but go to somewhere that's going to be out of your comfort zone i've been throwing random disc around instead of just putting 20 from the same spot i'll, I'll make it i was telling josh earlier this week i'll just throw 
I'll stand at my basket and throw like 20 discs out in a circle and wherever they land, I just putt from because in a tournament, it's not always going to be where I, I want it to be. It's not going to always be 10 feet straight away with no obstacles. It's not going to always be the same elevation. So I am just trying to work on my routine. So being consistent with myself while also playing into the inconsistencies of what disc golf is. Those are all amazing points, Cody. Josh? Uh, after I've been gaslit, yep. Um, I mean, tonight we talked about putting, putting woes, things that work, things that don't. Um, I found myself possibly taking my putting way too seriously. And I was so dead focused on putting with one disc because the P2, that was, that was, that was me. That's what I collected. That's what I threw. And changing up from that norm changes, changed how I putt. So instead of like sticking with something that's not working, throw a curveball at it. Grab a random putter and see if that works for you. Because right now the Muse is working pretty well for me. You know, if I'm not, you know, except for a tournament, nothing works for me right now. But outside of a tournament, I am hitting most of my putts with the Muse. It's overstable. And that's something that the P2s are, but they could use a little more stability or overstability. Um, so if you're setting your ways on your putter and you're not making your putts, try a new disc. Try something new. So for Age? me, Rome wasn't built in a day, but they worked on it every day. Be patient with yourself. Be patient with your putting, your driving, your field work. These things, there's not going to be any one instant fix. My routine has changed so many times. Um, and right now, this routine is just what's working. And it'll probably change tomorrow because I'll settle into something different. Because come tomorrow, it's going to call for something different, right? Um, be patient with yourself. A lot of us got good really fast that you forget that there's still going to be more and how do you start to improve when people are like hey Paige you're pretty good it's like no like I'm improving but I'm not good quite yet there's always room for improvement so being patient with that trusting the process you know think about your putt like a free throw I mean I love that in the chat because that's exactly like how many people like literally how much practice has gone into a free throw you have sprints being ran for missed free throws you have routines being built you have pros that are struggling in the courts with their swishes and their shots and their setups Gian or Giannis, Giannis, Giannis is taken forever because he has some of those free throw yips these are all very real things look into some of the sports psychology of it but be patient like so much of the time people are like i want to be good right now and don't realize that this is a sport that takes time sacrifice effort time like and allowing that to kind of take place being comfortable with that uncomfortable i think is also really important it's going to be uncomfortable when you first grabbed a disc what was comfortable didn't work a lot of people throw nose up a lot of people just try to throw high a lot of people try to throw their whole body and to learn to be smooth took time that took uncomfortability it takes repetition so be patient be comfortable with the uncomfortable and enjoy the ride that's why we're all out here grinding this is why we love content this is why we watch like 
so much video. This is why you record yourself. I've watched myself hundreds of times and I hate watching myself, but I make those subtle improvements and then I reinforce those that are working good. So with that, guys, like and subscribe. This is an amazing night. We'll have an amazing guest coming in a week or two, but we just wanted to kind of bring it back to our roots, which is us three, right? Like sometimes we get carried away with our guests that you forget that this is Jammers in the Rough with your amazing co-hosts of Cody, the absolute worst, Waldron, Josh okay. is demolishing his putter, Winter, and myself, Paige, as usual. So keep jamming it in the rough, everyone. Mm -hmm.